have chosen to test this station's destructive power on your home planet of Orbit. What? Then name the system Orbit. 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 religion is an ancient weapon. They're no match for a good blast. We're coming up on Alderaan. You may fire when ready. Welcome to the Explosion. Explosion Network's official countdown to Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. It's 63 days until release. My name is Dawn Blight, your Jedi Master, and joining me, my Padawans, Ashley Hobley. Hey, Dylan, excited to be here this week to ask the question, really? That's how it ended? <laughs> and Kira Varchant. Uh Hey, I'm really happy to be here with you, and Ashley, I'm here to ask the question, why did I watch these backwards? Did you watch them backwards? No, I didn't. I thought it'd be kind of cool though if I did. You know, it, would be already... ter- it would be terrible if you watched the backwards. <laughs> Let's just start with the last episode and work backwards. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. It does. Come on. What are you doing? Um, all right. So this week we are talking about Star Wars Rebels. So this is, um, of course, throughout this season, uh, I've kind of spaced out this season of All Around Explosion. Of course, we started with an episode where we wasn't talking about a movie. And then this is kind of a, a space break- breakup between like the prequel era stuff. And then we'll move into the core, tri- core trilogy plus Rogue One stuff, and then there'll be another, like, break-up episode and so on and so forth. Um, anyway, so, yeah, we're talking about Star Wars Rebels, the show that finished last year, uh, ran for four seasons. I absolutely love the show. I'm a huge fan of it. We've watched one episode uh, before for The Last Jedi, the first season of Older and Explosion. Did we? Right? Or did we watch it for Solo or something? I did I just did I dream about did I dream about adding it and then that no, never no we anything. did do we did watch some episodes of because we watched the Darth Maul episodes yeah I thought we watched like Darth Maul or something we watched like I the think end you just the- showed us that one clip that one time right of Obi Wan well, versus go. Darth Maul yeah which is a thing in Rebels um so yeah. If you're listening to this, you've never watched Rebels. We're going to be spoiling stuff, obviously. Um, we're going to be talking about four episodes, which I'll give you. Um, I'll try and do like a brief synopsis off the top of my head of what it, what's about, and then we're going to be doing the usual show. I'll write down notes, jumping off points. There are key things I wanted to talk about from these last four episodes, particularly to do with um, the world beyond the world um, and the Palpatine stuff that happens in these episodes. So they're like the core points here, but we're going to discuss the episodes as a whole. Why not? Um, but first, have you two watched any other Rebels? And how was it just jumping into the last four episodes, <laughs> if you have it, Ash? <laughs> I had watched the first season, I think, as it was released back whenever that was. Um, and then I sort of dropped off it because obviously the distribution in Australia is terrible. It's fucking terrible. It's disgusting. Um, so I knew who all the characters were. Obviously, they look a little bit different, that kind of thing. But um, obviously, there's a lot of things that have changed and one person who wasn't around anymore. Um, but, <laughs> but I think I'd actually seen the season finale. I think my brother was watching it and I'd seen like bits and pieces of it. Like I was just walking past the room or whatever. But yeah, I overall it was a good experience. I think it, it gets me, makes me want to go back and watch more, obviously, and uh, maybe fill in the gaps. I will say screw you to our beloved service tracks because they the way they've listed it, obviously they've split the last episode into two parts. Yeah. The family family reunion and farewell. But then they listed the refund time of the first part as uh, 45 minutes. So I'm going to yeah. got to the end of this episode. I'm like, great. It's going to continue from here. No, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one of those weird things because 
I remember when they, it's one of those weird, like, in some places it's listed, the finale is just listed as one thing, but when it aired, it was, like, aired as, like, back-to-back episodes. Yeah. But they were still separate episodes. It, it was, it's a, it's a whole weird No, it's track yeah, for I was wondering, like, as a 45-minute episode. Yeah, it's, it's all over the place in, in different listings and DVD, like, what it's listed on the DVD. And, and now I understand some of the negative reaction to the finale and the resistance, I guess. Oh, you got Initial. negative reactions. Oh, for the Resistance TV show. Resistance TV show, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll discuss that, of course, when we get to it. But um, I, this is one of those things where it's like, you could be like, oh, but now I've had the ending spoiled for me. Maybe I was going to go watch it. This is one of those times where I think actually kind of having, like, having someone be like, here, watch the ending, watch the really cool stuff that happens here that might just be like, kick a fire in your ass to make you actually go back. Whereas if you'd never watched anything else, you might not have ever gone back. You know what I mean? Like you're like, yeah. Oh, this is where we end up. Maybe I will want to go back now kind of thing. Whereas you might not have previously. Um, Kieran. Um, all I had seen was the Darth Maul episode and the small like teasers they released leading up to when the first season was coming out. Like the webisodes. Like the webisodes to meet characters, I think that's all I've watched. So basically nothing. So basically nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so how was your how was your experience of watching the, the finale? I really of the enjoyed show? it. I, I I like watching the finale. I'm the type of person that reads the last page of a book. Well, not sometimes. Sometimes I do read the last page of books. A lot of time it doesn't make any sense whatsoever, and I like it. Um, there's other times where. Um, Say for a TV show that I haven't watched, but I'm part of me is like, I kind of would like to watch it someday. But when it comes out, I'm like, I have no intention of watching this forever. And I know other people are going to be talking about it. I will read whatever happened in the last episodes. Like I will spoil it for myself, just A, so I don't get it spoiled by other people, but then I can understand what the fuck other people are talking about. Just because I like being involved in conversations, you know? I like talking to people. Um... <laughs> But there's there's one thing that I find really weird and it took me a little bit to get to was the lightsaber designs in this um for the animation style. So there I know what you're going to say but I'll, I'll just come in here straight over this. The lightsaber designs of this are more based on the original Ralph McQuarrie yes. designs yeah. than the movies Yeah, ended up no. There. I I do remember seeing them like this a lot more, but it just to have the lightsabers being so uh thin and mm-hmm. so long, just it, it it was weird. It was weird just based off everything else that is a lightsaber before. So that was the only thing I found for jarring about watching it. Yeah. Um does it watching these episodes make you wanna watch it yeah. at all or Yeah, like it's always a plan, like I will eventually get once we've once I've watched all through Clone Wars with my friends, we will move on to Rebels. Like it was Rebels. already already a plan to watch through Rebels at some point. So Yeah. And it's also I because people's complaints with be it Clone Wars or Rebels or any of these anime shows, uh, even Resistance, I guess, which is um, I still am trying to finish up the last of that season because not for not for not liking it, but simply because the only way I've been able to watch it until recently required me to basically like go through so many loopholes that like the act of hooking it up, being able to watch it on my TV was such a annoyance that it made me not watch it and. Uh, I got a new TV now. It's very easy to watch it on that. So, uh, very good. Um, anyway, that was my side tangent. 
uh, all of these TV shows, everyone complains, of course, they start like So Kitty and, you know, whatever else. But it's like, I, I, you skip to the end of this a show like Rebels and I'm like, here, watch the last couple episodes. It's like, this isn't very kitty. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's no. <laughs> not at all. Uh, all right, so let's jump into it. So, the first episode we're going to be discussing is season four, episode 12 Wolves and a Door. So, off the top. Off the top of my head, description of this episode for those playing along at home who want a fresh burst is basically uh, our crew minus Kane and Jarrus, who um, has died the episode prior to this. Basically, um, now the 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 rebels are kind of like deciding what they want to do and where they want to head. And this episode basically has them led by uh, Loaf Warbs to uh, this Empire digging site, I guess is what you would call it, like where they're. They're kind of looking at these murals that are on these these doors and um, trying to figure out what's going on there. And then this episode just has all of our characters figuring out how they're going to break in and find out what the empires are doing in this thing here. So. The, the notes I wrote down for this episode were firstly the rebel soundtrack is underrated because it isn't John Williams so that's that's enough that's this is like a little nitpick thing I have kind of for Star Wars in general whenever there's any music for Star Wars this includes like solo or rogue one or anything like that and it's not John Williams music people get like kind of pedantic or a little bit like too critical of it because it just, it doesn't sound like John Williams music and people always associate John Williams music to Star Wars and then anything that's not John Williams people automatically kind of go well this doesn't sound right um, I think Rebels has a really great soundtrack I listen to it on I used to listen to it on Spotify all the time um, it's mixed in with my Star Wars shuffle playlist music um, and it's really great the, and the, the the key moment I write down is this is like when they jump on the Loft Wolves and they're like going across galloping across Lothal and this music like kind of kits him with like big drums and whatever else. I'm like, oh, this is, this is very good. Yes, let's, let's go. Uh, so next time I write down is Lothwarbs are best boys. I think that's <laughs> just kind of, <laughs> how, how do we feel about the Lothwarbs in this? Because they're, for, they're these giant wolves, except for obviously they're more than just like dumb animals. They have, um, throughout the entirety of Rebels, for the time you see them, they, they're shown to have a deep connection to the Force and kind of some... Uh, they're not picking sides of, like, the these people are good and the Empire's bad. They're picking the side that's helping protect their planet, um, their planet being Lothal, and the Empire, of course, is doing bad things to their planet, so they hate the, the Empire. But they're not like, this is good, that is bad. They're just trying to protect their planet and they're, they're trying to show that. But I really love them because... Um, we don't often see like just cool creatures that are actually good and rebels introduces quite a few of them, including these, um, loft wolves. I like wolves and they're cool. I think the name's funny to say too as well. I loft think they're wolves. a good for an animal that is, um, so sensitive to the force. They're a good representation of just kind of balance. Cause I think even though we're always talking about the fight between light and good in the force, the overall message is that the fall should be in balance. Like it shouldn't, it can't be just too far one way or the other. Um, so to have these animals that aren't one way or another, they're just kind of in the middle. It's a really interesting way to look at the falls again. Uh, so then next note was adding this minister type dude as a pawn of the emperor. 
I always liked shows he has more than just heavies and politicians working for him. So this is a character you see in this, um, who's the head of like this digging site or whatever. And he's definitely not like a politician-y type dude. Um, your, your typical like Tarkin figure or Krennic figure or what have you. Um, and then he's also not like a Darth Vader type or any of these sorts of things. It's it's someone that the Emperor has a close relationship with because he's speaking directly to him. And the Emperor has sent this person to Lothal to investigate um, and dig up these ruins here, which is where um, a Jedi temple is supposed to be and what have you, and figure out a way to get into this place. Um, and it also shows that the Emperor is employing, I guess, arts mages. <laughs> it's like <laughs> the simplest ways or like kind of... Um, sum that up, but I, I always just found it really cool because it's a different type of character under the the Empire, um, the Emperor's reign that you don't uh, see in any of the movies or anything else, really. Um, <laughs> see, when I was re-watching these episodes, I was like, oh, I wish I had the time just to re-watch all of Rebels again because Rebels is so good because I was fucking getting emotional just watching these couple of episodes because I'm such like <laughs> attachment to all these characters. There's a moment here where I just wrote down, when Hera thinks about Kane and, and then I just put three crying emoji faces. <laughs> um, just to fall for all viewers, there's a lot of crying emojis throughout these uh, notes. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good it's like oh they have such a good oh i just can't it's to discuss their whole like kane and Hera, kane and, and Hera uh, relationship would be basically an entire podcast for if if ever you watch all of it then i could be like isn't their relationship good like don't we miss them <laughs> uh but yeah i just like love that one uh next stone i wrote down for this last episode was i love this mystical shit and the animation of the doors transformation is so cool so they uh ezra and sabine go down to the door and then they figure out how to um get into the door the door of course is uh, a callback to the clone well maybe not of course but the door is a callback to the clone wars episode uh the sons of mortis the whatever mortis something whatever the arc the mortis arc or whatever it is from the clone wars which basically is where obi-wan uh ahsoka and anakin end up in this very strange place and they end up talking to these three figures which are just called the father the daughter and the the son um and there's really one of the more like kind of out there clone wars episodes and basically introduces these rather mystical clone wars force figures have you watched the the so the the son the daughter and the the father on the this door thing have you watched that those episodes karen sure you would have by now when we're so oh oh, um i can't remember i don't believe so okay because this is yeah this is like a, a, a whole callback thing and it's like what exactly the connection is between uh these characters that Obi-Wan, Anakin, and Ahsoka meet in the Clone Wars, and then how they end up being the figures on this mural painting thing here that Ezra then interacts with here. How that all connects, I, I don't know what, what exactly it all represents. That's kind of everyone on the internet to debate, blah, 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 but it's very cool nonetheless. And then the, I just also just love how... Because there's a the other thing that kind of shits me off of Rebels and the Clone Wars and whatever. Everyone always says that these shows are like, badly animated but i just it's, people just don't like the style or the art style or whatever but i'm like i watched the scene where they um interact with the door 
and it causes all the waffles on it to begin moving and stuff. And I'm like, this is really good animation. Why are people telling me this is bad? You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, just because you don't like the art style or the the, the way the characters are drawn I mean, that animation is good because it's 2D. Oh, look at you over here. Oh. 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 Fucking hotcakes over Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, so, all right, moving on to the next episode, which, because, of course, so is there any ends, more significance to the son, daughter, and the father? Like, we're basically surprised? representations of stuff. People have spent a lot, a lot of time trying to work out what they mean. Um, when, I mean, kind of, a son, father, and a daughter is kind of have significance, obviously, to Star Wars prior, previously. So, yeah, there, there's no solid like explanation of what they mean. That's what I'm saying. Like, you could do an entire episode just debating what they mean there's no like there's no moment in either clone wars or rebels where they clearly explain what they are and what they so mean. what you're saying is before older on explosion dies we need to have a tinfoil hat episode <laughs> well it's, it's just even in the clone wars episode for uh, not to like go over the entire story but ahsoka anakin and obi-wan end up in this weird area it seems like deep reaches of space Something like that. They come to this planet. They land there. They meet all of these characters. While there, Anakin like has a whole vision of seeing himself become Darth Vader. All this weird stuff happens. When they leave the planet, they forget everything that just happened to them. So they, even they don't remember these characters. So um, I've, I've read heaps of stuff. People debate on YouTube all the time. Whatever. I've watched plenty of videos of people trying to work <laughs> out what exactly they mean but yeah I, I don't know it's just this bigger animated world that's kind of set up between all these tv shows um so jumping into the next episode season four episode 13 a world between worlds now is when we get into some deep crazy this is fucking, some weird shit this is some weird shit and this is kind this of- is you take your edibles you sit down knock back some acid take a one big puff and then press play <laughs> well this is this is one of those episodes where even when watching it at the time when it originally aired i was like either this has big implications for the future of star wars or it doesn't and i still don't know yes or no like where we lay on that but so basically this episode continues on from the last one ahsoka has entered a portal in the wall through the mural painting that the emperor was trying to get into and he ends up in a place that is called a world between worlds now I, w- I will say a little asterisk here before we jump into my notes and kind of go over what happened in the episode but dave filoni who is the unsung hero of star wars for like the past x amount of years clone wars rebels he's now one of the main dudes um working on mandalorian or whatever else he has he's such a good at like sneaking in little details like after this episode aired and people would ask him in interviews like so, like, World Between Worlds, do you want to explain that? And he would never really explain it, but he always went back and explained that, like, we had been here before, and there was, like, several times in Season 1 where it didn't look like this, but it apparently is the World Between Worlds, but then he was trying to hint at, like, subtle things being like, oh, but what if other characters and other things have been here, but the, it just it looks different, and it's it's quite crazy. So, um, when the voices, the first thing I wrote down is, the voices when Ezra walks across the bridge gives me goosebumps every time you hear voices from the past like anakin and obi to voices from the future like kylo ren and ray now obviously this is easier to hear if you're watching it with headphones on like i was but once again it's just one of those really cool scenes where 
as just walking along you hear obi-wan quotes and whatever quotes over here and next, next second you hear kylo ren fucking saying stuff ray saying stuff over here whatever else so inside the world between worlds which is kind of like a limbo point i guess which is where uh ezra is in this scene uh future past and present i guess is all happening at the, same time. at the same time it's one of those weird kind of sci-fi things where everything is happening at the same time uh, next note i wrote down is convor my bird my little bit of trivia my bird i named convor it's named after um the type of bird the convor bird which is the bird that follows around ahsoka um in all these sorts of things even in clone wars you see convors show up all the time um whenever ahsoka's around a little, a little bit a little bit of dylan trivia there for you my parents. And there's your Dylan trivia for this episode of Older on Explosion. Wow, that's the only time. piece of trivia he'll give all episode. <laughs> my parents are like, what the fuck is a convoy? And I was like, oh, it's a Star Wars bird. Shut up. Like, <laughs> okay, what is it, though? I mean, it's just a bird. Like, it's just a, it's a type of bird. Convoy. But, but what is it, though? I, I don't know. <laughs> there's, uh, uh, there's another character in that Dooku uh, lost. Uh, Why are you the Jedi Knight again? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> there was a there was a character in that Jedi um that Dooku audiobook thing that we discussed a couple episodes back. Um, one of the Jedi in that story, uh, that was like one of Dooku's friends as a kid, um, has a convoy as a pet as well. So I don't think there's any like big. City. They're just a cool bird, I guess. I don't know like, anything beyond that. Um, they look cool. That's all I know. And then, all right, I cry every time he saves Ahsoka. <laughs> uh, I mean, you should mess with time. This time. This scene is fucking nuts. This scene, uh, this is one of those moments where, was, you know how I was talking about a couple episodes ago about like, better be recording Dylan if Ahsoka shows up in the Obi-Wan series or anything like that. <laughs> you should have had a camera on me when I'm watching this episode and he fucking pulls Ahsoka through that portal out of um, that the temple on Malachor, wherever the fuck it was, away from Vader. Vader tumbles to his, no, he survives, of course, but Vader tumbles down below wherever he goes, fucking get out of here. And then Ezra pulls a soaker out. And I was just like, oh my fucking God. You you could not have seen my mind blown more. This is one of those things where I swear <laughs> I was watching. You know, when I want to watch my reaction to the episode nine trailer where I'm just like, I hear the Emperor's voice. And I'm like, oh my fucking God. You know, I'm like, my brain is just exploding. This is like a Dylan brain exploding moment when what this happens. What is happened. this? What are you showing me? The thing about this is it doesn't introduce time travel per se into Star Wars. It definitely does. It's not, it's, I don't know, it's it's time manipulation. I don't know if it's, it's not like they can jump in a machine, just travel to X area or what have you. Like they don't know how to control the portals. The MacGuffin that is the force is capable of time travel. Uh, well, we don't know. Like, I, guess. I don't we know don't if know. you know this, but uh, Rise of Skywalker is actually going to be a direct uh, adaptation of uh, Avengers Endgame. Please no. I don't. <laughs> I, I I have lots of problems with time travel and stuff. I don't have a problem with this because it's so. Because it saved Ahsoka. No, well, yeah, there's that. But it's just because <laughs> like that is the most they accurate. Like, they have no control over it. Not anyone can get in there. Literally, Ezra, like, 
and of course we get into an, in a moment the emperor of course is trying to get into here because imagine if the emperor had the the power to access an area where you could travel between uh past present future what have you that would be insanity maybe really, he did maybe he well, went back in time and did a biff and t- told young palpatine what to do i mean th- th- see this is where i put my, this maybe, is maybe maybe old future palpatine went back in time and boinked Anakin's mum without her... No, that's not even... Let's not go into that. I mean, that would explain why he's trying to find all these Jedi temples, you know? This this is one of those things where... See, I, I, I feel like I fall somewhere in the middle for this question. There are some people who believe that the animated series, the books, the comics, what have you, have, like, little to no bearing on, like, the mainline films. Um, other people believe that they could have... Uh, you know, major effects. I think I fall somewhere in the middle, which is that, like, obviously the views like Saul Carrera and brought him into live action and what whatever else. Like, they've proven that they're not afraid to reach into extended universe materials and whatever. Will something like The World Between Worlds, which is introduced in a fucking spin-off cartoon series, be used as a main plot line in the, fina- the final Star Wars Skywalker movie? I'm going to put a no on that one although a lot of people on reddit and whoever um ever since this episode dropped have been debating like how because of course you see something like time travel they introduce a lot of palpatine stuff into here and we're going to discuss some more palpatine stuff when palpatine comes into it in a second but it's like it seems like they're introducing a lot for not to do anything with it but i'm like i just find hard to believe as they could but then it's like Someone goes in who hasn't watched Rebels and they're like, the world between what? Fucking time travel? Uh, did you just copy Endgame? You know what I mean? Like, why? <laughs> There's so many, like, things they could get themselves in trouble with here. Um, yeah, so the next note I wrote was simply, by the way, this is the moment on the Revenge of the Sith episode I mentioned that had me OMGing. Um, Ezra not saving K- Kanan shows his strength. So this is another really cool moment. Should have like it. No, he shouldn't have. It's like another really good, like, it's just... Because one What's good the thing, difference between saving Ahsoka and saving Kanan? Yeah. Because if they pull Kanan out, they all die. Like, the, the only reason that, like, Ezra okay. and everyone lives is because he's holding back the fire, so... Like, but he, if you pull he him died, away at the last second before he gets engulfed in the fire... Mm, nah, nah. Or the tumor there, they could have pushed the fire back for a little bit and then pulled Kanan out. But no. no. I think they would have they both died. The thing, the thing with pulling Ahsoka out of her time period... Um, is so it gets to live. Yeah, we get it. Well, no, it's not just that. It's just that it doesn't affect anything else. Like, she's not like hold. You know, like there's no event happening around her that pulling her out of it disrupts time. You know. Yeah, because he thought about that before he did it. Yeah. No, he definitely did think about that before he did it. He just pulled the soaker. That would have had massive (laughs) repercussions to Darth Vader. (laughs) Darth Vader would have killed her, and then it would have had. Being emotionally affected by that decision, no, she think- had. She was prepared. She finally had decided she needed to finish off Darth Vader. She had her pocket full of sand ready, and she was oh about God. to like spiral down and throw it in his face. Yeah, in another universe, and- Darth Vader gets a face full of sand. He gets crushed by a bunch of rocks. The universe is saved. You can't stop rocks. Ezra, yeah, you've ruined everything. On sand. Fucking you mess Ezra. with the timelines. You piece of shit. 
Everything goes. You're gonna straight. mess with the timeline once. You're gonna mess with it twice. Fucking Ashes, I look at you. I'm giving shit about time travel. Where Ashes over here, like Avengers Endgame, ten out of ten, movie <laughs> of the year. I'm like, now time travel and stuff is fucking shit. <laughs> There's no rules. It makes no sense. <laughs> uh, yeah. So next, after all, I think the whole thing of him not saving Canyon, I, I, I do like that because it shows that he has. Um, that's one of those because Ezra they kind of write for out Rebels they kind of write Ezra kind of like Anakin ish which is like he's a kind of shit of a kid but they do it better than they did with Anakin obviously where at times he kind of does like the whole like a sport bratty kind of thing like that whole stereotype or whatever but they actually managed to write him well enough that like his character development works and it never like fully pisses you off and seems weird and he doesn't say weird lines like i don't like sand so obviously the writing's better and what have you <laughs> but then like if he's like similar to anakin then having a moment here where if it was anakin and he had like a chance to like pull padme out of like a moment she died or something like that you know like he would have just done it he would give zero fucks about any repercussions or anything like that but here uh, like ezra did with pulling the soak out yeah, he he didn't think that, but here, <laughs> he, here here he actually has Ahsoka to be like, if you pull him out of his time, then use all, you know, he, he dies there. That keeps you alive. You you need to leave him there, and he chooses to do so. So shows that he has um some strength there. Uh, so next, what happens then is kind of crazy. So my next note is seeing a Sith with a cauldron like object and casting dark magic is something I wish wish they explored in the main films there's a lot of dark magic in the in talk but no action so it, even like the main trilogy the prequel trilogy you get a bit of force lightning you better capes and red lightsabers or what have you but like the whole like menacing thing because the first sif we ever see obviously episode five we see palpatine it's like this really like you know disfigured face person with a fucking hood on and everything very like witchy vibe but they never like go deep isn't Vader the first Sith we see oh I guess yeah true yeah um but like full like when you see his master it like gives off that whole witchy vibe uh I guess and it wasn't until like this where they kind of explore it like you literally see Palpatine with like a fucking cauldron like thing like literally whipping up a spell and they they do explore like some black magic type stuff or what, whatever you want to call it in like clone wars when it comes to um like mole's planet and not, uh, what they do down there and what have you but they've never really explored it when it comes to like sith and stuff and i i quite enjoyed it like showing that he's able to like if you're like how's it work doing what's the explanation like how, I, I have no idea but i just kind of like it is all <laughs> is all i know I, I like that he whips up this magic spell force fucking thing that chases ezra and ahsoka out of this place um, did you just like it or hate it? Or no, I appreciate it. I think it's um, maybe they don't tackle this kind of mystical stuff in the main films because people might be a little bit too attached to science fiction, where this mystical kind of crap kind of falls into magic and fantasy a little bit. Well, whenever I t whenever I talk about Star Wars, I always tell people Star Wars is sci fantasy, <laughs> or like <laughs> you know, like people are, Star Wars is science fiction. No. Star Trek is science fiction. Star Wars is fantasy. It's yeah, space but there fantasy. is the ongoing look at it that I think it, it, it. There's a lot of unspoken. Nah, this is fucking magic. Force ghosts. That's fucking magic. But it's kind of just it's unspoken. Like it's just kind of like there. People accept it. It's the force. Yeah. 
Yeah. The false is the getaway of anything, I guess. Yeah. I think it looked cool. It definitely reminded me of some sort of Disney animated film, whether it was Fantasia or something involving Maleficent or something. Just that I green fire. No broom. I didn't see no broom chasing him out. I, I mean, he had a black it. cauldron. <laughs> uh, <sighs> the last note I wrote down for this episode was another <laughs> another thing of me complaining about people complaining about animation. That shot of Ezra walking away from the temple after saying goodbye, Kanan. Who in their right fucking life said the show has bad animation? Wait, and that is that shot- the same temple that we're at or another temple? It's the same temple. It's just kind of disappeared. Okay. Disappeared. Yeah. Why? How? Don't know. Where did all the stormtroopers go? Ah, uh, dead. <laughs> oh, so so the, they all died there is what you're assuming. Let's yeah, let's. I'll go ahead and assume so. Why not? Do I do I care about their families? Not particularly. Uh, and then we, nobody <laughs> then we matters the, as long as the circus fine. <laughs> that is all that matters. That's all that matters. So uh, yeah, that's uh, episode thirteen of World Between Worlds. Uh, now we skip. I skip. We're skipping episode fourteen. I said we were talking about the last four episodes, but I forgot there's an episode in between here. Episode 14 is just kind of a fillerish episode of... Although, although it's kind of dark because there's a whole fucking thing of Lothwolves running around like fucking murdering people in it, which is quite dark. But uh, then we get to season four, episode 15 slash 16 slash whatever, just the final episode of Star Wars Rebels called A Fool's Hope. So first thing I wrote down is, man, I'm in the fields, but we're onto the finale because I was binge watching these all in <laughs> I was like, oh, this is so good. Uh, all right, so I'm listening to all of the Thrawn novels at the moment, and those books fill in a lot of background about both Thrawn and Governor Price. So this is one thing. I've only I've only recently begun listening to the Thrawn books on audio, through uh, Audible, what I've been listening to lately. Um, and I'm onto the last one at the moment. I'm like halfway through it. But the first one in particular, just called Fraun, I never realized like how, because obviously Fraun's a character from the old EU, which they then announced was coming back and I was going to put him in Rebels. And that was like when I was like, whoa, like I remember when they announced that celebration, I was watching like the live stream and the, the crowd like kind of erupted because obviously Fraun was a much beloved, like probably the most loved uh, villain character introduced in the the old uh, Legends Extended Universe. So they announced he's coming into Rebels and he was in season three and four of Rebels. And everyone loved him. Everyone like appreciated how like, they're like, oh, you, you fitted in fine. Because obviously in the original books, um, Heir to the Empire trilogy that was written back back in the day, um, they were set after episode six. So now they've taken a character that was originally set and introduced after episode six and now he's being introduced like during the the bulk of the main uh, the main trilogy, the original trilogy, so it was quite a, a change of pace. But I never realized how much the Fraun books, even though they're not written by someone that's involved with Rebels, would still have so much to do with Rebels. Which is that it introduced to like lots of characters and people that he talks to and whatever else. I was actually talking to Nick um, somewhat recently because he's he's read all of them and he's reading the the last one at the moment and he hasn't watched Rebels, and I was like. He's like, oh man, this last book has so many mentions to stuff that's happening in Star Wars Rebels because the last Thrawn book takes place a week before the events of the finale. I'm like, yeah, it's fucking chock full of references to Rebels. He's like, yeah, I can kind of tell the Rebels references, but he obviously doesn't get uh, yeah. them and what's happening. So, um, whereas I'm like, oh, yeah, so uh, give me a little tidbits of information and stuff that's going on here. Yes, yes. 
yeah, so the original. So who the, was Thrawn for people who don't know and have uh, in the current canon. I was about to say, like, in the current canon, he is a character. Uh, well, to kind of just spoil his introductions in the first book, I guess, because the first Thrawn book introduces his origins. He's uh, he's found out by the Empire on some, like, planet, and then he basically kills a bunch of Empire goons. And then when the Empire's like, oh, we're being taken down by so many people on this planet, it's just Thrawn because he's, like, a, a mastermind at, like, uh, war and what battle and everything that's his whole thing and that was his thing in his his, his original run like he was a mastermind he's like sherlock holmes of uh star wars basically like and that's what they do in the book too like that he has the inner monologue so he'll be like you'll hear a character talking and then in the book he'll go to like an inner monologue and be like their mouth twitches like they're upset but i can tell that you know like this whole like sherlock thing of he's okay, reading yeah. people's um yeah. Uh, body language and these sorts of things yeah so he's he's, he's basically sneaks aboard this this ship he ends up for whatever reason, brought back to the, the Emperor, long story short, and he basically talks the Emperor into letting him uh, start at a semi-low position within the, the Empire, and because he's so smart, he very fast uh, works his way up through the ranks, even though the system's working against him, because obviously the Empire hates aliens, because it's like semi... It's like, the analogy Lucas originally had him was like Nazi-esque. Nazi Germany. Yeah, they hate aliens, yeah. like they hate anyone that's not white kind of thing. Um, but he works his way up the ranks. And then when you're introduced to his character in Rebels, he's um, one of the, the top Grand Admirals, you know, Grand Admiral Thrawn. He's called in in season three because no one else can manage to take down the Rebels. And he's called in as this like grand tacticianary. Like he's, he's really smart. He'll work out how to take down um, the Resistance. So he's basically the smartest character in star wars was well, supposed to be like the smartest villain within star wars is what thrawn is i've often been told he's one of the most interesting people believe that because he this was before the current universe stuff happened so this was when i was looking into the more legends books um and everybody said you gotta read thor's arc thorn's arcs and everything um didn't because in the legends he he had a connection to palpatine's like ghost or whatever or there yeah. was like a image of Palpatine that was working with him or something. Um, no, I, I was, yeah, he's always been on my list of these are, this is a character I need to get to look at and actually read his stories. Yeah, I've been, um, not to go on the whole, like why I'm listening to audiobooks recently, but I'm really enjoying listening to this one rather than reading it because the person who's reading the book does a really good from voice. That sounds much like the, um, the actor that does the voice in the show. So it's like you have that link in your brain of like they're doing this very similar type voice for Thrawn, so it works quite well. Um, yeah, so interesting. And Gav- voiced by Lars Mikkelsen, yes, Mads Mikkelsen's older brother. Brother, yeah. Tie that in. It's all connected and, and, to. And, uh, and was Charles Augustus Magnuson in the third season? Of Sherlock show. Holmes. Uh, yeah, that last episode. Which spoilers? Sherlock shoots him. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was a big shocking finale. I mean, that that's one. the solution too. All problems, yeah. Should just shot Thorn. <laughs> Not the best solution. Well, probably the best solution. It's a weird one. It's great. Uh, my next note was Thrawn as one ruthless sob. Hey, which is that? So the rebels sneak into his base because the whole thing about this finale, because the entirety of Rebels as a show is all like about it's about heaps of things, but at its core, the show's about them trying to save the fall. 
Like that that's the small picture of the show. Not trying to save the universe. It's just trying to save Ezra's homeworld, which is Lothal. And they always talk about it throughout the show. But then, of course, the f- final episode of the show is where they're like, this is it. We're going for it. We're going to try and um, kick the Empire off this planet and get it back under our hands. Um, So I, I, it just kind of shows how ruthless Thrawn is when they think they've kind of got him. And he's like, yeah, well, how about I just fucking bomb the city? Like, I'll kill all these innocent people. Zero fucks given do what I need to do. You know, like he, he has no care about anything at all. That's kind of like what my, he's not like, Oh no, I better not do that. Like the people might turn on me. He doesn't care. Just bomb, bomb the city. Do what I need to do? Um, so then Ezra sneaks aboard or doesn't say Ezra goes aboard the ship because that's the only way he can get Thrawn to stop doing what he needs to do. And then here he is the emperor and all his young pretend glory. I kind of like how, um, so Ezra's taken into this room where the emperor is trying to talk talk him into basically opening up um, this Jedi temple that uh, the one that was destroyed that he's had brought apro- brought aboard this ship like brick by brick. But Ezra still needs to open it because magical block seals, what whatever reasons. But it's like kind of cunning, and I always kind of appreciated how even though you know Ezra knows he's bad and whatever else, you know he knows the emperor's bad. The emperor's still being a little motherfucker here and he's like appearing as his young self or whatever in the hologram i always thought that was like a smart choice to have him do that just to prove he's still like playing and then there's human items yeah and then there's like there's moments like after this where the the hologram like flickers backwards and forwards like when it starts getting hit and i always that's i really enjoy that part because it's like oh there's nice looking palpatine and then every time it flicks to hit like what he actually looks like now it's just like such like night day night day night day even though it's like yeah, but that dude, the one that you think looks nice, it's still the same dude. He was still a fucking evil Sith Lord, Sith Lord at, the, uh, at, the, at the time, you know? Um, and once again, I really enjoy this scene with Ezra. And of course, there's more impact if you've watched the entire show and more of a, um, a attachment to Ezra as a character, I guess. But like, he, since episode one of the show, he's talked about how much he misses his parents and you know, all this sort of stuff. And then he has this moment here where his parents are literally like kind of within hand's reach of him. Or so he thinks like the, the, the emperor is like, go there, go be with your parents. We'll bring back your parents. And once again, it's kind of like an analogy to how he used Anakin in uh, Revenge yeah. of Sith, basically giving Anakin promises of being able to bring back people from the dead and so on and so forth. Like he's always using people and using them by promising like, things to do with their loved ones and like immortal life and bringing back loved ones and what have you. And here he is kind of doing the exact same thing. Um, promising that he'll be able to bring back Ezra's dead parents. Uh, and that's kind of what he's using uh, again. So rebels has a lot of analogies and like, especially Ezra as a character, as I said, like th- very much like he's s- supposed to be very similar to um, Anakin and Anakin's type story. And then the epilogue, the last thing I wrote down for this episode was the epilogue is one of my favorite Star Wars scenes. I can't wait for whatever series they're cooking up for post episode nine. So I don't know if this is where you kind of want to jump in, Ash, and discuss what happens. Because, of course, the, the, the episode itself has a lot of crazy shit happen even before this post scene. It's like e- even the way that Fraun goes down, which is something you would never see happen in a movie just because of how like batshit crazy like fantasy yeah, it is so- to have these... <laughs> There's these hyperspace <laughs> jumping whales that show up 
kind of out of nowhere. Or they they have some sort of connection to Ezra. Uh, you meet them like a season prior. This is yeah. this is one of my notes. I will never doubt. So so for example, if we ever watch an episode in The Mandalorian and we walk away and you're like, that episode was weird. It seems like filler. Why did that happen? Nothing. Dave Filoni is he would always do this shit in previous episodes of Rebels where there would be an episode and you're like, what the fuck was this random filler episode? Which is like two seasons prior to this. In like season two, I think it was. There was a random episode where all of the, uh, their whole group meets these fucking whales in outer space and they help save them from people trying to poach them or some shit like that. And it was like, I guess it was a fine episode, but like, that's weird. What's the point of this? And it's always like, well, it's there. So that by the time you get to the end of the show, you know, like it's all, it's, it wasn't a filler episode because it's necessary for them to be brought in here. You know, it's like lots of planning and stuff. So I'll, I'll never doubt yeah. Dave Filoni when it comes to So you get in this hyperspace, they capture Thorn ship that Ezra is still on, and they hyperspace away. That's the end of it. Mm-hmm. And then there's a jump to the end of Return of the Jedi. Post, yeah, so it's after, after the galaxy's been saved is the epilogue scene. Yeah, and then, you know, Sabine and uh, Ahsoka decide they're going to go find Ezra. And that's how they end the series. Yeah. And they don't know where Ezra is because obviously they have no way of tracking where in hyperspace. Alive. Well, that's another thing. It's like, as far as I'm concerned, yes, he's going to be alive. And that's obviously what the, the next is series is going to be about. Yes, I think he's going to be alive. But it's like, the, they have no way of tracking him because you've got the entire fucking galaxy. And it's like, all of high, you know. How do they track random hyperspace fucking whales and where they go? But it also leaves open the fact that Thrawn could, of course, be alive, which I'm sure would be um, something that people. Who did first? Thorn is actually Snoke. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) oh Ashley, Uh, you know what? I think that would make people more angry. Mm, Would it though? I don't know. It would if if to Thorn to go out the way if. Like Thorn's story was to end up with him going out the way that Snoke died, then yikes. I think so people have been like, oh, but the windows are broken on the ship. That means they must die when they get to if they like end up in wild space Let's somewhere. Put the shields up. Um that yeah, well that's exactly people they've shown in Star Wars many a times that broken windows doesn't lead to actually you getting sucked out. That you can put up the ray shields. We saw the, the Star Wars. We all saw the last Jedi. Yeah, and that's another thing I want to note. A lot of these things, although not directly connected, they often do little things in like the these other random products that are like semi connected. It's like, oh, the ray shields will protect you from being sucked out the window. Oh, Last Jedi or Rebels, you know, like subtle things. They're not directly connected, but they they are uh, correlated. Yeah. So as far as I'm concerned, my money is on. Oh fuck! I love this epilogue. It's, watch it once again. Watch it. I'm just oh, this is so fucking good. But um, as far as I'm concerned, Ezra's going to be alive. Maybe they. Uh, if if I was to like f- put my money on something, I would say they've got sucked out to not some r- random place like in the outer regions of space, like a Tatooine or something like that. I would say they got taken to like the wild regions of space, which is what they basically refer to as like the undocumented um, places. Of the galaxy, like when so the people place don't even... that in the legacy or whatever it's called, the EU, the the original version of Star Wars, where Thorn originally came from. He orig- he does come from there in this version as well. Okay, no, yes. but where he comes from after Episode Six. Yes. Yeah. 
So, I'm, so I'm, what Ash is saying is they've rejoined his timeline back up to yes the end yes. of where it used to be. Yeah. Yes, that's yes. what I think they've basically done. And I think that that doesn't mean I think they're going to do the exact same storyline with Thrawn. In fact, I think that if you have Thrawn show up in a post-episode 9 world, you can do lots of Episode really six. interesting things of him because even within the, the novels that I'm listening to now, they've proven that although he is really loyal to the Empire, it's kind of to a point, and that point is he wants to be loyal to the Empire because via that he's going to be able to protect his people at the end of the day like he, he wants to protect these people and he's doing that by working with the empire and getting to a high position there and being able to protect the galaxy which means he's able to protect his people so he's not like a crazy evil dude which means that well he is in some ways but he's not like super like you know i want to rule the world crazy evil dude which means that if he shows up post episode he's, 9 he's and something lawful neutral like yeah, he's got his own yeah so he like could lawful evil he could change his his direction in which he wants to go if he shows up. So I, I definitely feel like he's probably lived, Ezra's probably lived, um, and that TV series, and the whole thing that you kind of mentioned at the start of this episode, Ash, with the whole, like, Resistance thing. So Resistance was the the series that came out after this. Resistance is getting its final season this year. So Resistance is a series, a TV, animated TV show that only got two seasons, which is kind of nuts that only got two seasons. And as far as I'm concerned, that isn't because they were like, oh, people think this show sucks, we're cancelling it they knew it was going to be two seasons from the outset and that's because they wanted a show that could fill in this somewhat sort of gap of like um because season two of resistance is going to run up to basically the start of um episode nine and season the first season of resistance ends where episode seven ends so it's like this very short period that that show's actually covering and it means they're able to like use that show as an animated series to have happening while episode eight was coming out, while episode nine was coming out, you know, like to kind of fill this time period. And then after episode nine's out, then they can go do whatever this Rebels follow-up series that I'm sure they've been working on, of course, because animation takes a a very long time. Um, I'm sure they've been working on it already, but I think that's going to come out post that and that'll be a series about Ahsoka and Sabine obviously trying to find Ezra. Because I'm like, why... And that's not just me being like really hopeful as an Ahsoka like fanboy over here, somewhat. A little bit, not a little bit, but also yeah, it's like a lot. <laughs> but also try and tell me that that epilogue scene doesn't just basically very blatantly say, "Here's a thing that's going to happen." Like it feels very much like, and this is a show that's coming. You know, like not tomorrow, not next year, but like here's a show that's coming. Whereas, like, what is that epilogue thing if not that? But the thing for me is like, there's a lot. I don't know. It feels weird that Ahsoka's been in the galaxy for this whole time period, but it's still, she's either very hidden or just very unknown. Like she has stayed undercover a lot. Like I don't, yeah, it's interesting. As for me, I used to think that Ezra was counting on me to protect Lothal, the planet and the people he cared for so much. But one day, I realized there was more to it. There was something else I was meant to do. Ezra's out there somewhere, and it's time to bring him home. I 
I, I think having her alive throughout the entirety of the original trilogy is perfectly fine because as we all know, she's not Jedi and I don't think she would have gave two fucks to get involved with. After what happened between her, like her fight with Vader in Rebels where she finds out that Vader is actually her master, Anakin. Like I, I, in my head canon, once she runs off from Ezra in the World Between Worlds, she kind of just spends some years doing some soul searching. You know, like How do we know she wasn't spit out Right before when she shows up in that last episode. Uh, no, she spit out. Well, she looks older to me, even though she's got like the cloak and everything Time on. Travel she definitely do stuff to the body. <laughs> <laughs> but then she also knows about Ezra being gone and stuff. Maybe she was just looking for Ezra. She doesn't have any dialogue. Maybe, so. maybe that there's 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 definitely things. But I definitely feel like that's a show that's going to come. And of course, I'll be very excited when they they finally announce it. I mean, if they don't. I'd be shocked. That or they're going to put out a bunch of books. Uh, search for whatever Ezra's last name is. The search for Ezra. Yeah, I, I suppose it's a hard series to do because obviously it's have the a, it's a sequel series that's heavily reliant on the setup of you knowing who Ezra is and like, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, yeah, it I feel it'd, be like- weird, it'd be weird to cross mediums yeah. with it. It'd be like them releasing a movie and then being like, the next, the sequel to this movie is a video game. Yeah. So. Into the Matrix. I don't know. <laughs> Into the Matrix. Fuck off, Ashley. <laughs> Actually, that's a, even as a kid, I was like, oh, this game's, this game's apparently canon. Yeah. Yeah. This means it get, like, I've always been like a, a canon fiend over here. Like, oh, this game's yeah, canon. Yeah. Play it. All right, so that is it for this week's episode. I hope you've enjoyed uh, some Rebels discussion. Um, Rebels is a great show. If you haven't watched it all, you should probably go watch it all. It's great. Uh, we are not ranking these episodes because that's, they're not movies. The, the list is for movies. Uh, but next week, we will be discussing Rogue One, a Star Wars story. So make sure you watch that movie before then. Please share this episode on social media and tag at ExplosionPod if you're enjoying it. Tell your friends and rate on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. Old Ryan Explosion is a Darth production of ExplosionNetwork.com, which is where you can also find What Do You Want to Watch, our fortnightly movie and TV podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at VivaLadil, V-I-V-A-L-A-D-I-L. Follow Kieran on Twitter at your boy Ringo. And you can follow Ash on Twitter at Ashley Hobley, A-S-H-L-E-Y-H-O-B-L-E-Y. May the force be with you, always.